Hello and welcome to Off the Grids. My name is Whitney Sadler and I'll be your host. This is a podcast dedicated to educating listeners on the global emergence of dangerous substances of abuse and what can be done about it with experts from all across the world. In today's episode, we have the INCB president with us to highlight the drug control situation around the world, as depicted in the 2020 annual board report. Please welcome Case de Yonkir. Case de Yonkir is the current president of the International Narcotics Control Board since 2019. He is a national of the Netherlands and has been serving on the board as a member since 2017. He has an extensive background and has worked for the World Health Organization around the world, including in Latin America, Ukraine, the World Health Organization European office in Denmark, and at the WHO headquarters in Geneva, and the areas of pharmaceuticals and health technologies, including in access to controlled medicines. Additionally, he is a current member of the Royal Dutch Pharmaceutical Society and the International Pharmaceutical Federation, as well as an author and co-author of numerous publications in the fields of pharmaceuticals and health sciences. Mr. President, thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning, and uh, thank you for, uh, for having me today. With the upcoming opening of the 64th Commission on Narcotic Drugs and the recent release of the board's 2020 annual report, could you start off by briefly telling us what the International Narcotics Control Board is, and why is this annual report so relevant for our listeners? The International Narcotics Control Board um, has been uh, created under the 1961 Single Convention on uh, Narcotic Drugs, and it had predecessors under the former drug control treaties that date as uh, as far back at the time of the League of the Nations. As you probably know, the conventions have the uh, as an aim to improve the access to controlled medicines and at the same time prevent their diversion and abuse. The board has a number of functions, the most important one being uh, monitoring and overseeing the compliance of the state parties with the uh, international drug control conventions. We also administer the system for estimates and assessments, and there are important set of um, responsibilities under the 1988 conventions with regard to uh, to precursors. Based on the activities of the uh, of the board, we publish an annual report that is submitted to the United Nations, the ECOSOC, the Economic and Social Council, through the Commission on Narcotic Drugs. And we also provide uh, every year a, a report on the, on the precursors. Uh, so these reports provide a, a comprehensive survey on the drug control situation in the, the various parts of the world. And we also try to identify and dangerous trends and we suggest necessary measures to, uh, to tackle these. It's great that every year the board puts forth such a tool and resource for our listeners to not only be informed on such things such as the recent trends, but also be provided with recommendations on how to tackle these rising trends, especially in light of the COVID-19 pandemic. I think that we can all agree that this past year has been extremely challenging and has had such a detrimental impact on society. So could you tell us a bit about how COVID-19 has impacted the global supply chain and demand of medicines? In our annual report, we have um, made an analysis on how the pandemic has affected the uh, the access to controlled medicines for for patients and how it has affected the uh, the global supply chains of of medicines. 
Yeah, so on one hand, we saw a, a huge increase in the demand for controlled medicines. That on one hand is for patients who, uh, you know, who suffer from COVID, who ended up in hospitals, who ended up in intensive care units. And uh, some of the medicines that they need are medicines that are under international control. So there was an increased demand for, um, for these medications. That also meant that people who were using these type of medicines, but for other diseases, could also face shortages or lack of access due to the supply problem with these uh, these medications. I think also important to highlight that because of all these social distancing measures in many countries, it became difficult for people with mental health problems to actually go to the hospital or go to their clinic and access their the normal services that they have. And the same goes for people who were under treatment for drug use disorders. Also, for them, it became more difficult to uh, to visit their doctors or to visit their clinics. So we've seen interruptions in the um, the access to uh, uh, to their medication in uh, in in many countries, with of course severe health consequences. On the other hand, there was the the supply problem because, of course, since February March last year, many countries entered into lockdown. We had border closures. Uh, we Many countries uh, implemented these social distancing measures. And uh, that, um, in turn, had effects on the, uh, on the manufacturing of key active pharmaceutical ingredients, but also the medicines with it in many of the, uh, the major manufacturing countries. And of course, also, there were the, the general logistical challenges of workers not being able to come to the factory anymore. There were transport problems, disruption in the in the international trade at all contributed in the beginning to disruptions in the in the supply chain and and shortages of in the availability of of medicines that are that contain controlled medications. It's so surreal to hear and really gain an understanding of just how much COVID-19 has affected access to controlled medicines, something I think is often taken for granted. Was the board able to do anything in response to this challenge, or have they provided any recommendations to combat this situation? Together with our uh, international partners, the UN partners, um, the World Health Organization and, and UNODC, the United Nations uh, Organizations for Drugs and Crime, we have sent out a joint statement to, uh, to all member states to call for increased attention to um, maintaining the access to controlled medicines for their patients in their health systems. And also with the state parties, we've been taking action to maintain the um, and to facilitate the, uh, the rapid import and export of medicines that are under international uh, control. We've also in the beginning, you know, we worked quickly also in this hybrid manner with member states to allow them to increase their estimates for controlled medicines because every time when a country wants to import these uh, these drugs they need to have a uh, you know a signing off by uh, by the board and of course due to this rapid increase in uh, in demand it was important that also the board could react swiftly in authorizing the enlarge the uh, the increased estimates for for these medications we have the impression that by now um, you know things have ended up in, in, in balance again. We don't, we don't see that many great disruptions anymore, but it is clear um, that this was a, a big problem in the, uh, in the beginning. We do remain concerned, though, 
uh, in the in the demand for controlled medicines, particularly for people with um, with mental health and um, and drug use disorders. It's so great to hear that the board was able to have such a quick response to member states' request for larger estimates of some of these controlled medicines, as we definitely can all agree. During a pandemic, being quick to respond is absolutely crucial. As we previously discussed how COVID-19 has impacted the drug control situation, I'm curious as to any other regional trends that have been identified throughout this past year regarding such things as synthetic opioids and new psychoactive substances. Uh, we we do see some 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 worrying trends. For instance, we look um, in um, to Africa. Uh, countries are concerned about um, the the continuing problem of um, illicitly manufactured tramadol and um, and its abuse. Uh, this is a a, a weak opioid uh, drug, but which is widely uh, available and uh, in most of the time, uh, as far as we can see, it's illicitly produced. Actually, we don't know whether it's really tramadol or whether it has been mixed with um, uh, with other drugs as well. And um, we we continue to see in um, in Africa um, th- that and, and also actually in the Middle East uh, this problem with um, with illicitly manufactured tramadol. I think in if, if we move to South America. We've been visiting Chile. Uh, um, I think two years ago, they there clearly are. There's an, an emerging trend on the uh, the manufacture and use of um, of methamphetamine. Um, the Chilean Observatory on Drugs um, has noted, you know, an increase in the illicit market of synthetic drugs that are actually cheaper to manufacture and easier to uh, to transport. When we move to the other side of the world and um, and Asia, I think it's very important to look at the uh, the decision taken by China in 2019 to schedule the fentanyl-related substances as a class-wide uh, group, because that seems to have resulted in the, um, in a sharp drop in the amount of, the, of those substances of alleged Chinese origins that have been seized globally. It does seem, though, that, that traffickers um, have, have moved to fentanyl precursors as a way to manufacturing these substances. And um, that is, of course, always, um, you know, the problem that we're facing with these synthetic drugs. As soon as you schedule one, uh, the manufacturers and the uh, the traffickers are moving to precursors that are not controlled and use those then to uh, uh, to manufacture the uh, the illicit drugs. So we we do need greater collaboration to to effectively deal with this um, this this challenge. Moving a bit to uh, to Europe. Clearly, over the last many years, um, synthetic, illicit synthetic drug manufacture has been widespread in West and Northern Europe. But we now also see uh, the worrying trend of this increasingly taking place in uh, in Eastern Europe. And uh, we have many reports of the dismantling of um, uh, small and large uh, scale um, operations. So that is clearly on, you know, a, um, a worrying trend. We've also been calling attention to the use of um, of the internet of course in the um, illicit trafficking and manufacture of um, drugs this goes both for the uh, the open web 
as well as for the dark net uh, markets, the social media, the secure encrypted communication applications and the online forums that, that all seem to be playing a more prominent role. And um, as a board and uh, as the international community, we need to be uh, alert uh, to these new trends and, um, and address those collectively. It's so clear to see that this past year has brought forth numerous trends. And it's great that this annual report captures this on a truly global level. In response to all of these identified trends, what are some of the recommendations that the board has put forth in order to address these issues? Again, as I indicated, I think it is critically important that that governments uh, participate actively in the uh, the online platforms that uh, that we have put in place um, over the last couple of years that allow them to uh, to work together effectively in curbing those trends. Um, you know, they offer an opportunity to work together to uh, to governments, um, and they they're basically an infrastructure that allows for the rapid exchange of of information information and alerts the platforms facilitate the uh, the bilateral and the multilateral operational actions that assist with these investigations and they also provide uh, the participating agencies with practical uh, solutions to stop the trafficking in these uh, new psychoactive substances and uh, non-scheduled um, substances as this whole problem has gone global, it's uh, it is really imperative that we uh, that we try to uh, to do this together. What is critically important is the um, the collaboration with the private sector as well, the public-private partnerships. In 2020, we have convened uh, through the GRIDS program a number of expert group meetings and events, and these bring together um, some of the the leading global private sector partners. Again, it's important to to work with them to uh, to take out the, uh, the illicit traffickers that that may uh, trafficking that may happen through their services. I think the 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 other point that, of course, we will continue to do uh, as a board, but also together with with governments, is the uh, the close monitoring of synthetic drugs and and new psychoactive substances precursors, pre precursors. I think we, we clearly see uh, changing patterns in that in different parts of the world. Uh, synthetic drugs and, and, and MPSs have become more prevalent in Latin America and the Caribbean in the past decade and, um, and, and really um, you know, need the same level of monitoring and surveillance as, as cannabis, cocaine and other drugs under international control. And finally, I think um, an important aspect in um, which we, we haven't touched upon um, is the issue of, of, of human rights. Um, but I think it's also important uh, to stress the need to observe human rights in, in, in that as well, particularly with regard to uh, people who, uh, who use drugs. And we have seen that um, in a number of countries, in a number of state parties, have, have really implemented measures that are associated with militarized law enforcement, disregard for human rights, over-incarceration, and, and also the denial of medically appropriate treatment and inhumane uh, or disproportionate approaches to um, as, as a part of their national drug control policies. So um, I think that is something that we need to, uh, to keep in, uh, in mind and act upon that as we try collectively as a board uh, with international partners and, and um, all the state parties and member states to address the, um, the international 
trafficking of illicit drugs as well. We can't do this by ourselves. And to emphasize these partnerships and this cooperation is imperative in order to actually address this issue on a global scale. Thank you so much for joining us today. This was super interesting and provides our listeners with a lot of insight into the drug control situation in 2020. Thank you very much and, uh, and, and my pleasure. For more information and to check out the board's 2020 report, please go to the INCB website. You can find the link to the report in the episode description. Off the Grids is brought to you by the Global Rapid Interdiction of Dangerous Substances, aka the Grids Program. For more information on what our program does, please find us at www.incb.org under Global Programs. And follow us on social media for releases of our next episode. Thank you.